Welcome to the BASAC View. We are the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center, and this is an educational podcast about consent, self-healing, and keeping yourself safe. Join Kayla and Michelle as they maneuver their way into all the topics you hate talking to your kids about. Sex, puberty, body safety, growing up, and most importantly, power in no. Because consent is mandatory. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 13 of the Bay Sack View. My name is Kayla, and with me as usual, my best buddy and co-host, Michelle. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing so well today. 13, 13 episodes. Dude, I know. It feels like we just started this. I know. Remember how nervous we were our first one? So nervous. (laughs) A lot of kinks to iron out. And there's still kinks, but we're getting better. We're getting better. (laughs) So before we get started on the podcast today, we need to talk about Walk-A-Mile. Okay. Yes, let's talk about Walk-A-Mile because holy smokes. So on May 20th, we had our fifth annual Walk-A-Mile in Her Shoes fundraiser, which is an international men's march to eliminate rape, sexual assault, and gender-based violence. And this was our biggest year yet. Yeah, it was so, you know, it was cold, it was windy, but that didn't deter anybody. No, it didn't. No, you just bundled up, right? Mittens and head warmers and layers and... Throw on the red shoes and (laughs) off we went. Yeah, or your red dress for that one fellow who was all in about his spaghetti strap red dress. Look and fly. And so the walk mile is typically where men put on the shoes and and in our case we supply them with red shoes red high heel shoes and they walk a mile that's right and it went over so well and i mean if anybody needs more clarification of how well it went over go visit our tiktok page okay i'm glad you mentioned that because (laughs) you guys we went viral totally viral we went totally viral it's we're currently at 6.1 million views and climbing i mean there's still hundreds of comments every time i go into our account so it's pretty incredible i tried to keep up with the comments me too but we're sitting at over thirty thousand comments now and of course tiktok mixes them all up right they're not in any specific order so they're hard to keep track of but um i liked in that that you followed up with that viral video with a couple more videos of some of the more commonly asked questions which I think helped a lot of people to understand what it was all about for sure why we're doing it and it's not necessarily that we're doing it to stop or doing it is going to stop sexual violence but it does create that awareness and and I mean our TikTok was proof of that right (laughs) you know going viral was proof of like how much awareness it brought is really incredible yeah yeah and always I refer back to you know, the comments on a lot of our videos on TikTok, if you want proof that, you know, sexual assault, sexual violence is still something that we need to uh, be aware of, just go read the comments Yeah, on a lot of our videos. 100%. We get so many disclosures and sad stories and people are very honest when they're typing comments and stuff and it's heartbreaking and it's eye-opening. Yeah. And it's really, I'm really glad that we have that platform to create that safe space for people to you know maybe it's the first time they've ever disclosed that to anybody i mean it's still very public but at the same time it gets it gets them out of their you know their own 
um, space of where they may be sitting there in some shame and guilt and blame and anger and all that sort of thing. And for other, for people to see, Hey, you know what? We're not, we're not alone or I'm not alone. And, you know, so many people commenting on the people that have disclosed and said, I'm sorry that happened to you. Mm-hmm. There's you know, a lot of support in the comments yeah, as and well. And validation, which we yeah. did a podcast about, was that validation. So, yeah. So, yay to BASAC. Yeah. Yay to the Walk a Mile Yeah, we actually raised, we raised over $13,000 for our organization, which goes directly in for us being able to continue offering free counseling services and it still gives us jobs yeah, uh, because we get to keep our jobs yes, now because <laughs> we get to still offer free prevention education programming mm-hmm. to the youth in the battlefords and surrounding areas so it's really good go us go basic thank yep. you to all of our participants and sponsors and it was so good it was so good and i mean kudos to the fellows who you know, walk that mile. I know in some of the comments, people are saying, oh yeah, they probably took their shoes off, you know, walked a little ways for the pictures and then took their shoes off. Nobody did. (laughs) Nobody took their shoes off. And a couple of the gentlemen actually ran the last little bit. Like they legit sprinted. sprinted. Yeah. Sprinted the guy in the red dress and the other tall fellow there sprinted and I was just waiting for some ankle to roll or somebody to tuker and you know face plant on the road but they did it and they did it well yeah it was awesome it was a very successful year so we just wanted to start this episode by giving some kudos to us and our participants and this that amazing event yeah yeah, it was so good. So, so Michelle, carrying on, carry on, my dear. So, you know, one of the things we also briefly touch on, but we've never really had a meaningful conversation on is that duty to report. And mm-hmm. I know we've mentioned it time and time again, and we're also very repetitive on here. I want to say for a lot of our podcasts, because we need to get that message out. Right. Mm-hmm. And repetition is how people start to understand. And, and, you know, it takes sometimes nine, 10 times to hear something before you really grasp the impact of it or the meaning of it or that sort of thing. So, and, and I know, again, we've talked about this duty to report, but uh, because it is something that should be discussed. Um, You know, it's quite confusing for some people, something they don't understand, something that some people may not even be aware of. So it's time, it's time to talk about that duty to report. Absolutely. And, and there is a fine line Mm -hmm. with duty to report. It's a tough line. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that it's our responsibility. It's ours to keep children safe. Right. And I know we talk about the stats too. Again, I think we say it in almost every episode is that it's one in three females and one in six males that have been sexually violated in some way. Those are the reported cases. But I personally know hundreds and hundreds that have not been reported just in my in my women work I've done with women, right? And men. And I've heard the stories and the fear and the shame behind reporting as well, right? And the majority of the assaults from the stories that I have heard, I would say probably a good 98% of them happened when the women were a child. Mm-hmm. And That's by, the sad reality yeah, of it. And by somebody they knew. And, you know, I, it makes me wonder, I wonder how many people actually know about duty to report and what duty to report, what that actually means, what it entails. Right. What it means is making a difference in the life of a child, right? That's what it all boils down to. The duty to report is, you know, most children are unable to advocate for themselves. So it's imperative that the village steps up. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Now, each province does have... um, 
a different definition of what a child is in terms of that age range and what they call the age of protection. But here in Saskatchewan, uh, the definition of child of a child for the purpose of protection is age 16, right? So if a child has disabilities, though, that does change. That goes up to the age of 19, mm-hmm. that age of protection where that duty to report, um, it follows that guideline. And just to make it clear for our listeners, that doesn't necessarily mean sexual assault only, though, does it? No. I mean, we are the sexual assault center, but that duty to report also includes, you know, the other ways that children are being hurt. And I mean, there's many ways that child abuse happens in many, many ways. For example... Physical neglect, that's one that comes to my mind really quick. And I have a couple stories or a story on that one. But that means that the parent or the caregiver is not providing for the child's basic needs. And that could be anything from food, clothing, shelter, safety, uh, supervision, or or they're exposing children to substance abuse or criminal activity. Right. Right. And the story, the couple stories I have about this one... um, just because the there's child abuse happening in the home, it doesn't mean that it's happening to every child in the home either, right? It could just be happening to one. And back when I was going to school to be an EA, I read a book called um, A Child A Child Called It. I've read it. Yeah, by David Pelser. Oh, you have? I've read it, yeah. Oh. Yep, I own that book. Man, that's, that's a, a tough read. It is such a tough read, and I know I had to put it down. And and the fact that it's a true story, you know, based on a true story, one of the top three or something horrific child abuse cases in the United States, right? And it is horrific. Yeah, and it's just happening to him, not his, not his siblings. siblings. Yeah, and also in my women's work that I've done uh, um, to help women heal, there is one of my friends. And she was the one in the family of three children who was abused and neglected, not the other ones. Mm. So in in one example of the things that happened to her is that her mom would just one day tell the family that the girl was a dog. What? Yeah. Let's just call her Joanne. Joanne's being a dog today. And she was not allowed in the house. She was given dog food to eat. Oh, God. If she was given any food at all. And she was expected to sleep outside in the doghouse and nobody was allowed to speak to her. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. So thankfully, she knew to go to the neighbor's home when her mom locked her out. And, you know, the sad part is, is that her neighbor never reported it either. That was years and years and years ago, right? Where we, that there was kind of that mentality mentality. that someone else will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or shush, shush. We don't don't talk about these things, right? So that my friend is still in her 40s and there's still lots of triggers for that. I believe it. And can you imagine if she had gotten the help she required way back then, right? She wouldn't be as triggered. And I, I mean, I know, I know these stories are really hard to hear. But it's happening. Whether we see it or not, these stories are happening. So the other forms of abuse, like Mm -hmm. you said, the physical abuse, Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot, sexual abuse. 
uh, sexual exploitation, okay? And in case our listeners don't know what sexual exploitation is, it's when a person abuses or exploits another person's sexuality without that person's consent. So an example of that would be recording somebody without their consent, taking videos or images Mm -hmm. of uh, a person without their consent, distributing those videos and pictures without their consent, okay? Um, another form of abuse, being exposed to a domestic violence, which whew, we know the statistics on that yes. alone. Yeah. Um, emotional maltreatment. Imagine the emotional abuse my, that your friend went through, yeah. right, as a child. And that could also mean over excessive demands of the child, their performance, whether that yeah. be in school or sport, whatever it may be, for yeah. example. And another big form of abuse is if medical support is being withheld. People don't realize that that's yeah. that's abuse. That is abuse. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and so if any of these um, situations are suspected, if the child's welfare is neglected in any way, then we have that responsibility to step up and to ensure that they receive that help that they need. And. And that first step comes with the duty to report. I know, know. such a tough step though, right? So my brother-in-law and I had a conversation. I always say he's my favorite brother-in-law, but he is really my only (laughs) (laughs) brother-in-law. And we did have a conversation a few years back about response and, and ability. So what it typically means is that if we have the ability, it is up to us what we will do with that ability. How will we respond? And I think this comes from a speech by a fellow called Richard Pimentel, Pimentel, something like that. So again, the premise is that that word responsibility is made up of two words, response and ability. Responsibility isn't what someone puts on you. It isn't a job description and it isn't a paper that we sign, right? It is when we find ourselves facing a situation and we find ourselves with abilities to help in that situation, we have to ask this question. Given my abilities, what is my response going to be to those abilities? Wow. Right? Makes sense? Absolutely. And on the same token, do we have the ability to understand and recognize when a child is being hurt? We and do. Of, and of course we do, yep. right? Do we have the ability to report that situation and get the child some help? We do. Of course we do. So, you guys, what will be your response to that ability if you ever find yourself in that situation? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty powerful stuff. It is. You know, it to change the life of a child like that, because it can be applied in just so many areas, couldn't it? You know, um, on that track, why do you think people look away when a child is being hurt? Why do you think people don't report their suspicions? I mean let alone suspicion, some people know 100% that a child is being harmed. Why don't they report? I mean, there's an array, an array of reasons. Let's get into a few of them. Okay. So it may be a loved one. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. a spouse, a partner, a family member, or a neighbor who's doing the harming, and we just don't want them to get into trouble or go into jail. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Those Mm rose-colored glasses are just easier to wear sometimes. Yeah. Maybe people may be concerned that there's going to be a lack of confidentiality and it will be found out that they're the squealer, they're the rat. Yeah. Right? Why people are so concerned about their... What's the word I'm looking for? 
the reputation. Reputation. Yeah. yeah. Why people are so concerned about their reputation over a child being hurt. Unbelievable. I know. Another reason, maybe they fear that the child or children may be removed from the home and the family's going to be separated. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That's another big one. That's a big one. I mean, you know, th- nobody wants to be a single parent. We can't afford to be a single parent. I can't do it without that person, uh, you know, or maybe that person's powering over th- over them too, right? You know, everybody else in the house. It's hard. It's so many hard things when it when it comes down to breaking up a family if the abuser is in the family. Maybe they think, listen, I live in a small community. I don't want to be known as the home wrecker around here. Yep. Right? Yeah. Maybe I don't want to have to be a witness if this goes to court, goes to trial. Yeah. That's that's kind of a big thing. It's a big deal. Maybe your child told you in confidence, okay, about a friend. And maybe that that they're going to lose that friend's trust or friendship if you Mm -hmm. tell. Yeah, mom, I got to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody. Promise not to tell. Yeah. And the last one, I mean, maybe it's just none of my business to put my nose where it don't belong. I mean, there's so many reasons. People <laughs> yeah. think like that. Yeah. For People sure think like that. Yeah. You know, I, the duty to report or when you're reporting, we, we just have to let people know that you can make an anonymous report. Yes. You can. Right. So knowing that may help. But again, the question is, why are we trying to protect the perpetrators? Mm-hmm. A child's safety should always override any desire to protect the person who is harming them. Mm-hmm. I think anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, Michelle, does every report end up in the child being removed from the home if the perpetrator is in the home? You know, not necessarily. Each each situation is typically assigned a caseworker who will work with the family to see what's best for them. So oftentimes the family with the support, they can stay together, right? So it doesn't always mean that the family's going to be, um, you know, ripped apart or anything. There's a way maybe for everybody to work together and, and you know, make it work for them. It's going to take some, it's going to take some work, but in the end it's worth it because Why? Perhaps the child will stop being harmed. I mean, that's worth it to me. And I think the shining importance here, you guys, to remember is that there is a legal obligation to report, okay, if you suspect a child is being harmed. Again, that responsibility to report no matter who the abuser, the assaulter, the perp is, okay, it doesn't matter. And I know how hard that's going to be, especially if it is a family member, but there is a legal obligation here. Right. Right. And that's, again, why we're talking about the duty to report. We've mentioned it time and time again, like I said, but it ranks right up there with all the other things that we deem to be so important, right? And so imperative, like believing someone when they disclose assuring them it's not their fault those are just kind of the things that we do and that duty to report I mean let's face the fact we're all reluctant to report I get it but you know what what if we don't what kind of message are we sending to that child or to those children who are being hurt and they know that we know right what kind of message is that sending to them you're not important you don't matter Mm. I don't care about you You are not worthy. Imagine what that does to a child and how they're going to carry it forward in their lives, right? Like my friend, she's still, you know, she's in her 40s, nearing her 50s, and that's still a massive trigger for her because nobody helped her, right? 
And so our last podcast, we did touch a little bit about um, how to parent a child who's been sexually assaulted. But this is this this conversation is duty report for every type of um, you know abuse Absolutely. towards children. So, so something important people should be aware of. Okay, if it gets found out that you knew about the abuse and you did nothing, it could result in professional disciplinary or legal action. That's important to yeah, note right. against you. Absolutely. Because right. yeah. you have a legal obligation mm-hmm. as a grown adult to report this. Yeah. And having said that, if someone reports a suspected child abuse, no action for damages can be brought against them for doing the reporting. So right. that's good to know as well. Right. right. Unless, however, unless they knowingly falsely reported in a vindictive way, right? right? Or to harm someone, right? Revenge, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that comes to people's mind too is what if I report and it's not true? It's proven not true. Am I going to be in trouble? Right. Right. No, and that's okay. And that's okay. I'd right? rather err on the side of caution exactly. than, than to allow a child to, to um, continue to be hurt. Absolutely. And this is a quote that I read the other day. Children deserve our devoted attention, not our divided attention. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. We need to be in service to all children, no matter what. All, all of us. All of us. I mean, it takes a village, right? We've heard that before. <laughs> it takes a village. Okay, Michelle, so I suspect someone is abusing a child, Mm -hmm. neglecting a child. What do I do? Who do I report to? Where? How do I get started? Right. And that's, again, might be a deterrent for people. Like, I don't even know what to do. So, again, I'm just going to put my blinders on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a really good question. So you can report to the Ministry of Social Services Protection Office. There's a there's a number for that. There's also local child protection intake lines in Prince Albert, in Saskatoon, and in Regina. So the, those are all places here in Saskatchewan. Every province, every I'm sure that every every state would have one. You for know? sure. Um, there are mobile crisis services for after hours as well. So you don't have to think, oh, it's five o'clock, the office is closed. I'm just going to let that go. Right, right. there are 24 hours um, crisis lines that you can call. And you know what? You can always contact the RCMP. For sure. Right? So, and I know that there are a few different First Nations child and family service agencies that people can report to as well. Right? We have one. We have one here in, in our community as well. So a few different avenues. Okay. So next step, what information am I giving them? Okay. So you may report anonymously, like we said. And, but if you choose not to, if you, you know, you're stepping in and you're going all the way, you can give them your name and your contact info. They'll want that. But just let's, let's note that all information will be kept remain, it will be remain uh, confidential, right? right? So unless perhaps it's required in a situation where the case goes to court. Right. So So, mm -hmm. the child's name, their age, their gender. Right. Yep is what you'll be expected to give, where the child is currently located, and what your immediate concerns are about their safety and well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever information or observations you can provide about the familial situation, their caregivers, or who is allegedly abusing them, okay? Right. And any disclosures that the child may have made to you. That's important. Mm-hmm. And another question that they'll likely ask, are there any other children who are being affected in the home? Right, yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we don't have all that information, right? We don't even know about the familial um, situation, but a, a child's disclosed to you in some way. Right. So even if you don't have all that information, still report. Yeah. Even right? if it's minimal. Yeah. Because delays in reporting can have consequences. So maybe the the bruises will be gone or whatever. You know, the evidence is less integral. For sure. Right. Yeah, so good point. we want to report that as soon as we can. And even, and also, you know what, even if we think somebody else has reported the abuse, there's still a legal uh, responsibility to report. So even if we don't have, again, all that information, report yeah. the information that you do have, even if you think someone else has as well, right? Absolutely. Okay, Michelle, another scenario here. So what if a child disclosed to me? How am I going about handling that? Right. So we've done a couple podcasts based on, um, you know, disclosure when people when people talk to us about this. But uh, again, the first thing what we always say <laughs> Right. You have to believe them and they have to, they have to feel that you believe them as well. Right. Now, having said that, you want to be careful with the questions that you ask. You don't want to ask them any leading questions. Mm -hmm. Right. You want to listen. Yeah. You want to listen and you want to be open. You want to control your reactions again. Sometimes, you know, that rage and and fear or, you know, just that need to protect, we kind of you know, we kind of blow that up and, and our reaction becomes just too over the top for them. And that can cause them to shut down. Right. So that your reaction will make a huge impact on the child. So we just got to be careful with that. And the one thing that we always say again, tell them that it's not their fault and let them know that you are a safe place for them to talk. And be careful to not correct their language, okay? Mm-hmm. Like we said, let them tell you in their own words and use those words when you report, okay, verbatim. Mm-hmm. And can I just say that our second podcast is say penis like you can say elbow. It's in these kind of instances where you want to make sure that your children know the proper names for their private parts Absolutely. and, you know, that we've educated them in some way. But Well said, Yeah. yeah. Write down what they tell you, okay, if they disclose to you so that you remember what they said mm-hmm. word for word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to be making up words or no. I think this is what they said. Like you want to, you need to be write sure. down yeah, what they said word for word. And don't make any promises you can't keep, okay? This is another really important one. Don't say things like, I promise I won't tell anyone mm-hmm. or I will promise I'm going to keep this a secret because you know you have to report this. Yeah. If they're okay. under the age of 16 here in Saskatchewan. Absolutely. Right. So then once that report is made, then it's up to the Children's Protection Agency and, you know, even the police to investigate and then deem the next steps. What's yeah. what's going to happen from here on? And other agencies may step in to support the family and, and the child or children during the investigation and after. It's a challenging situation. But again, do we have that ability to keep children safe yeah yeah we all do of course right do we have that ability to respond yeah we do so what exactly is our responsibility exactly what is our responsibility? <laughs> what is it it's all our responsibility so another of our responsibilities is to simply educate our children you guys give our last podcast okay episode 12 a listen because we touch a lot on this topic the importance of educating children on good touch, 
bad touch, unsafe touch. Let them know that they can always come to you. Mm -hmm. Keep those lines of communication Mm -hmm. open. And as much as we hate to face it or even acknowledge it, our children are learning about sex way earlier than we did, right? The internet has opened that wide, wide open, sadly. And again, I keep plugging our podcast, but we've we've had these discussions already. Yeah. And so we talk about that in episode three, which is the dark grungy um, alley that is YouTube. You know, where do we want our children learning about sex from? Right? Their little friends. Who knows where their little friends got it? The creepy neighbor. Oh, all little, all little girls do this. All little boys do this. Right? The creepy neighbor. <laughs> YouTube. Right. Or or you. Who would who would you who do you want educating your children on sex? We need to do it. We need to educate our children. I know we'd rather keep them innocent for as long as we can. I I mean, there are babies, right? I know we'd rather wrap them in bubble wrap and protect them from the dangers of the world. But really, is that doing more harm than good? I question that. Right. So is teaching them the proper names for their body parts harming them? I don't think so. Is talking about keeping bad secrets harming them? Right. Is giving them coping mechanisms of what to do in certain situations harming them? I think the opposite is true. Okay. Not educating them is harming them. Right. And you know, maybe in a class of 15 children, the majority of the students have not, thankfully, had anything done to them. But guaranteed two to three have. So in our need or desire to bubble wrap our children, what about those two to three who have been going through some major serious things and require some help, some way to survive? That's that's why that education is so key yes. and so necessary. So we have to think bigger than we allow ourselves to, right? We have to come together as that village and we have to step up and protect our kids, all kids, not just the innocent you know, ones who have no idea, have never heard, never been in that situation. We have to protect all the kids because there's some kids right in the middle of it that we don't even know about it. And it could save them, okay? It could save them from a lifetime of pain and anguish, fear, rage, shame, and or depression, mm, you guys. absolutely. It could also save a child from becoming an assaulter themselves, if given the right tools to deal with those big emotions and experiences. I mean, right, just repeat that for the people in the back. We, If we talk to our children about handling these big emotions, handling the things that are happening to them, knowing that they have us on their side, that could change so much for all of these children. You right? just never know whose life you're going to change. Never. So again... We have that ability. We have the ability. What is our response going to be? That's a perfect ending sentence, Michelle. (laughs) There's a lot of power in that. Yeah, there is. Absolutely there is. I'm really glad we dove into this topic because I'm... I'm pretty sure we've mentioned duty to report in every episode up until now. So I'm glad we dove into it a little bit more. Well, I know that in my early 20s... I was kind of faced with that situation of that duty to report. And I didn't even know that there was a duty to report. You know what I mean? A legal obligation. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, so many people maybe don't even um, understand what it is or aware that it's even there. 
So you guys, before we end off this episode, we just wanted to let all of you know that we have, I'm so sorry, one more episode (laughs) before our summer hiatus. Uh, But don't worry, me and Michelle, we're going to be back in September for your ear holes, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We have the luxury of having the summer off, so... You'll be fine. You guys will be fine yeah. without this. <laughs> Again, because as as the outreach team here, we follow the, the school calendar. School calendar, and yeah. so I know I've plugged our TikTok once or twice, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> nice. So if you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Basic View, okay, and leave us a rating and review. And while you're at it, if you're a TikToker, don't forget to follow us on TikTok at Basic One. That's B A S A C. One and on Facebook, we're at the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center. Yeah, and we're Basak One on Instagram as well. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're we're a big <laughs> deal. We're just trying to get the message out. That's what we do. <laughs> so, you guys, until our last episode, take care, be kind to each other, and we'll see you then.